Drew will be with us at some point, Maybe. probably next <laughs> next time. <laughs> so, working on finding a good time to get everybody together, new but it doesn't always work. New semester. New semester. New semester starting fresh. Welcome to how college works. <laughs> so we, I mean, we talked about a bunch of stuff. I'm actually looking forward to, you know, this semester in terms of podcast. Evidently, I wasn't looking forward to the other ones, based on what I've just said. <laughs> but I have a couple of interesting guests. We're going to have um, our vice president of student life and my thesis advisor. So a professor at a big R1. And we asked him, like, what that means, since we I don't actually know. I mean, we know what it stands for. Well, we know what the R stands for. <laughs> right, right. Like, I know what my job entails. Yeah. I don't actually know what his job entails. I think I know better now <laughs> than even when I was a graduate student. Um, but it'll be kind of fun to ask him sort of what's going on. And there's a few other uh, guests that I uh, have in the works that I'm trying to get nailed down for the semester. But that'll be fun. So welcome back, Melody. Yay. It's the first day of classes and I'm already tired. <laughs> Well, you're not done yet, so you know, gotta. I know, got one more class. Caffeinate today. and go. I'm drinking tea. Okay. <laughs> that has caffeine. I know. Uh, so, we're brainstorming so, some stuff to talk about uh, for today and for the semester, and one of the things that came up, which I think we've talked around or different parts of, but not really focused in on, uh, is size of school. Because we talked about like types of school, mm-hmm. and those do tend to scale. You tend tend to find liberal arts colleges to be smaller than big R1 institutions. Right. Well, I suppose you have to be big if you're going to be R1. It's kind of their definition. <laughs> it has to do with the research dollars that come in. We were mostly talking, I think, about um, the values of those different schools and what right. professors' jobs might look like at those schools. But I think maybe we want to talk about, the, from the perspective of the student, what campus size might mean. Right. Yes. I, I think. I agree. Okay, good job. <laughs> so we, between the two of us, and when if Drew manages to join us, the three of us, and we, we have sort of a wide selection of campus sizes to draw from. Here where we are now, we are a small school, and I've worked at a larger small school, did my undergrad at a, I would say middle-sized school, a case western where I did my undergraduate I think is about, or was, about 10,000 total students, both undergraduate and graduate. And I did my graduate work at University of Wisconsin-Madison, which is giant. A big school. It's a big school. It is a big school. It is, a, it is in the Big Ten Conference, of which last time I checked, there are 11 schools. Yeah, I think there's some weirdness happening there. Yeah, well, I don't know. There was some big football. The name is there. already done. So yeah, <laughs> so they had to stick with, had to stick with I remember it being a big deal. Yeah. I do remember that. Um, so I attended a community college oh. for my first two years, um, which is like a, I don't know. I don't know how large it is, and I have to look, but I would guess it was a couple thousand students. Mm. Um, and then I transferred to what I would call um, a regional school, probably about 8,000 students. I did my bachelor's and master's there, and then for my PhD, I was at an R1, a smaller R1 though, about 24,000 students on campus, but still, I think it might be in the Big Ten. I don't know, because I don't watch. I don't follow sports that much. (laughs) 
which um, all, all of the all of my cohort that went to grad school with is just turning their graves. Well, they're not dead yet. They're <laughs> they're would not be happy with me not following Badger football or hockey. Well, probably happens. hockey more than football. Actually. Well, so I'm from the Midwest. It's football all the way. Or like hockey, whatever. But that being said, I guess we have well, and now we work at. A, I mean, I never attended a liberal arts school. I don't um, think I technically did either. So this teaching at a liberal arts school, a small liberal arts school, is one of those experiences, too. And I also taught at another regional school, about eight to 10,000 students. Mm. So I have more experience, I guess, in that realm. Which is totally fine. Yeah. Totally fine. They also love football. It's the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it, what are our differences between, like, as we... Gr- change in scale right if there so is a big school always better or is a small school always better like what can we say or can we say anything well i think that what you would say is it depends on what you're looking for oh good answer yeah uh because i think that all of those schools and their various sizes have different offerings that might be a better fit for the student depending on what kinds of experiences or I don't know, majors even, Mm -hmm. that they're trying to pursue. So Melody. Yeah. What student would be, do you think, would be, and we're not experts. No. Talk to guidance counselors and talk to enrollment management (laughs) at different schools. But what what kind of student would you think would be a good fit for a small school? Um, And why? The why is is important. So I did go to a small community college pretty close to home, and I have to tell you that I went there for price. Okay. So it was just a better deal for me (laughs) in terms of money. I actually got lots of scholarships to go there, Mm -hmm. and I ended up getting Pell Grant money back. Like, I got checks sent to me. So I didn't – that was a good deal. And I got an on-campus job and those kinds of things. So I made that choice solely based on finances, Mm. um, which I think a lot of students do – I mean, finance is a big part of going to college. Ignoring the cost of of going to college uh, is perilous. Yes. You can end up thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt for no good reason if you're not paying. So I didn't have any debt as an undergraduate or a master's student, so. That is, for English, that is really impressive. Uh, But probably because I was, I don't know, I will feel, I feel like I, no offense to my guidance counselors. I think that they saw my situation and thought, well, cost is the most important thing. So I wasn't really concerned about, I mean, I don't want to act like I didn't get a good education, like, but quality or reputation, that was nothing, none of that was factored into my decisions for any of those schools that I went to. It was mostly about location and cost. But you ended up with a PhD did. in composition and rhetoric. Sure did. So that's not the end of the world. No, and obviously I have a job, and it's fine. Yeah. So. Living, living comfortably. Right, so I wasn't looking at, like, well, which programs are the most competitive or any of those things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I got a full, well-rounded picture of choosing college because I had a very narrow focus. Well, sometimes a narrow focus is what is appropriate to be had. Yeah. So in, in terms of some other things, like it sounded a little bit like, and I'm pulling one thing that you set out to focus on, like you got an on-campus job. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of sounds like at the smaller campus, you have, you as the student have more sort of 
control may, may maybe not the word I want. Like you have more, you can be more proactive and get into things that maybe are going to be harder or more intimidating to do on a larger campus. Probably. Am I speaking crazy talk? Yeah, I mean, because a lot of times the people who would invite you to do campus activities or join clubs were people who you were in class with already because mm. it was a relatively small situation. So you had a class with somebody if you walked into a room, right? you know, to be like, oh, hey, I'm here to talk about volunteering at the elementary school. Oh, aren't you in my bio class? <laughs> so that worked out and that said, so it was... So like, it's like maybe a little bit more comfortable to get involved because the people who are soliciting you are people you have met. Yeah. And also, I mean, there weren't like a ton of professors. And I was actually a residential student, even though there are lots of people who commuted. Um, so it's kind of a hybrid campus, residential and commuter. So the residential students ten tended to kind of group up because we saw each other in the dining hall and on weekends and those kinds of things. And... I mean, there was a core group of people who hung out and did stuff. Yeah. Right. I, I think that seems to fit. So I did my graduate work at a big school and my undergraduate work at a small-ish, medium? I don't know. Middle? Mid-size? Mid-size. I don't know. Um, it didn't feel big, but it didn't feel particularly small. It's cases also like in Cleveland. So it's not like you're out in the middle of nowhere and this tiny campus and you're like, the size of campus feels bigger because like you have Euclid Avenue, the main artery of Cleveland, yeah. splitting campus. So Well, and I think that makes a difference in terms of size too because you can plop a small college down in a metro area and it doesn't feel small, right? Yeah. Or a large college like Oklahoma State, which, you know, not that big, 24,000, but it's like in the middle of a field. That's big. But, but, it yeah. does, but it doesn't feel like you're isolated because that whole thing is, oh, there's Drew, there's Drew. is the community. So welcome, Drew. Hi there. <laughs> Good, glad to get you in here. So Melody was talking about uh, her experience at a smaller campus and a larger campus, and we were just talking about how where you put a, a school can affect how it feels like a big school in like the country feels smaller than it probably is and a small school in a big city feels kind of bigger than it is um does that jive with kind of your your experience yeah i agree with that i mean um i don't know i think the universities that i've attended have all been kind of in the middle or on the right on the edge of a of a medium decent sized uh town or city uh but i yeah i knew i do know like I want to think like Temple University is right in the middle of downtown Philadelphia and it's maybe not the biggest school. I'm not sure the size, so somebody will correct me, but um, it's right in the middle of downtown Philadelphia. So that's a, a huge um, kind of situation. Same with like University of Chicago, which is, I, that's a big yeah. school too, I guess, but it's right in the middle of downtown. Right. Well, I mean, I, I yeah, as, as you say, like I've, we haven't looked up these numbers, yeah. <laughs> so I can't speak even with know any the authority. Yeah. I'm pretty. I mean, I'm pretty sure UW Madison is larger than U Chicago, uh, but U Chicago's in Chicago, whereas UW Madison is in Madison, which is not a not tiny Chicago. town, but like it's not Chicago. <laughs> it doesn't take you know very long to drive out to the farmland from from Madison. No. Same with Kalamazoo, you you know you're we're right downtown. There's stuff to do in at, at Western Michigan, and then you drive a, a a couple of minutes and you're out in the farmland. Yeah, Midwest can be like that. Yeah. 
So one of the things I was thinking about, you know, in, in pondering sort of what, what we want to, to talk about is what are the things that need to be important to pick a big school or a school in a big city, which are slightly different, but mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of, they're similar. Like really what, really what I think we're getting at is kind of um, resources isn't quite the right word, but I think resources is part of it and sort of amenities. There's like just things you can do. UW-Madison was a giant school. And even though I wasn't an undergrad there, I was still aware of like, it had three different full-size gyms, gyms that were larger than like our campus. <laughs> Here where we are. It's pretty close. Okay. You know, and, and they had three of them and like two diff- different student unions and all kinds of things that if you wanted to go spend time not in class, there were, there were a whole bunch of things you could do on campus and just off campus or, or around in Madison or outside of Madison that you could do. Um, and you know where we are now, where I am now, where I work, it's, it's the school is smaller. We don't have the financial resources or even the necessarily the connections mm-hmm. that the alumni of UW-Madison would have because there's so many of them yeah. to, to do the same sorts of things. And so I'll, Drew, I'll ask you kind of the question that I asked Melody, which is, is it better, always better to be at either a larger school or a smaller school? No, the answer is no. <laughs> I think, so, I mean, in, if, if, if it's my consideration, I think that the first thing I'm going to look at for a school, if I was going back, like when, when I chose the first time, I didn't do this deep of a thought on it, like I might have, it would be, what, what is my program that I'm going for, and does this university's service level or whatever fit my needs in the program? So for... Mm-hmm. School of Music at Western Michigan, one of their selling points at the time that I was there was uh, you can get direct access to a professor um, in your program in trumpet uh, versus like Indiana University, which is another top music school in the country. If I'd gone there as an undergraduate, I would have been working with graduate assistants for the first three years or so. Uh, That may have changed, so no disrespect to that school is really fantastic as well. And that was just a selling point for Western Michigan was that I was going to get weekly one-hour direct lessons with professors on my on my instrument, and that's what I was there for. So that that had more to do with it than oh, Indiana University is large or Indiana University is out in the in the country versus Western Michigan is uh, medium and in the city. So I mean, those things were not necessarily in my thought process. Mm-hmm. Uh, the size of the school or the number of the, you know, the other thing was I knew who my roommates were going to be. And I don't know how typical that is, but it was close to where I went to school, high school. So I, I knew some of the people on the, in the dorm and on my floor and even in my, in my suite at the dorm. So, um, that made it less of a problem to be a giant school where 30,000 people, I can get lost and, and feel homesick, but I knew people there already. Mm, yeah, that can be a, be uh, again a big draw or or, or not selling point. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've known people who were like, I didn't go to, I, I went here and not this other school because everyone in my high school went to that school yeah. and they didn't want to be there and they didn't want to be hanging out with the people that they were uh, with I mean, in high school. If you, have, if you have a specialized program that you're entering, 
as a first year college student, if you want to do behavioral psychology, then you need to be at, you know, or attempt to be at uh, wherever it is, Boston or University of Nevada, Reno, or, you know, those places where those programs are, are top. But um, I, I don't know. I think so. There's a little bit of a, a consideration for program and for who you know so that you're not completely, uh, you know, fish out of water mm. uh, at, at a site. Uh, I don't know. At least whenever I was 18, I knew I wanted to major in English. Everybody has an English program. <laughs> I mean, really. MIT does. Everyone does. If MIT has an English program, everybody Everyone has does. an English program. So, like, I mean, I was just looking for a degree, you know, so, like, I didn't have to think about specialization. But mm-hmm. if I wanted to be a marine biologist, I don't know that Midwestern schools would have been the best choice for that. It's more difficult. <laughs> Um, but I don't know, like, I, I don't know how many of my students are that committed to, and some of them are, there sure. are a few who are like, I'm going to be a forensic accountant or whatever, um, who are very into that. But I have a, like, I don't know, I'd say probably at least 60% are like, well, I'm leaning towards this or they're interested in psychology, but they don't know what behavioral psychology is. And so they won't know that until after they've taken a few classes to even narrow it down. So, I mean, yes, programs, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, what if you don't know? I think one of the things that was really good for me, so I wanted to go into physics, but physics is not quite as universal as English, but there's, if you're a technical school, often you'll have a physics department and therefore a physics major. It's, you know, not that difficult to find. Um, campus visits were really, I think, good. Uh, it don't, like, it's totally like a hassle <laughs> to go out and visit a campus, but it was, it was good to go. Like, I only applied to three places, like not what I'm going to advise my son to do <laughs> when he gets to that. But, you know, I visit, and I visit all of them. I managed to visit, uh, I visited Hope College, which is in uh, Holland, Michigan. Okay. Rice, where my sister was at, which I had applied to, I was like, oh, sure, why not? And then I went there, I was like, actually, this is kind of cool, and then got was super bummed when I didn't get in, and in, <laughs> case, in, uh, in case Western Reserve University in Cleveland. Um, and I think for me, that helped me, like, there's like, like I think it's a, all good points. Like, there, I wanted to go into physics, so they had to have a physics major. But I didn't know anything in particular. It's not like I picked astrophysics at that time. Right. Uh, that I would know where to go. And... You know, cost wasn't was a consideration. Case gave me a very generous financial deal. Oh yeah, oh, um, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah. okay. I I talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then you know, like going to campus and seeing what it was like and what it looked like and what the students and the faculty were like. You know, because if you're doing the the campus tours, like, oh, you want to be a physics major? Like, they'll take you through like the physics department. You know, right. if they know that, they'll they'll highlight those aspects to it and gave me a, a, a kind of a way to sort of, in my mind, think about like, what would I be doing here? You know, how, how will I fit in, in on this campus at, at this school? Because like, it's not, it's not like you have this mathematical equation is like, I'm going to rate the financial thing from one to 10. I'm going to wait. You, you know, could. You could. I, I don't know if anybody yeah. does that. They might show. Maybe. <laughs> A lot of times that, that is the equation is, are, are we able to pay for it? And, right. and that's, yeah. a, you know, that's a different conversation. But, but you're right. When I toured universities and I toured just a handful and applied to a small number, um, 
when I went to, you know, Rice or when I went to Western Michigan to tour, um, there was an aspect of I can see myself here. I can see myself as a part of this organization or a part of this school or in the music school doing doing my thing. Or, you know, you can it's, it's just like job interviewing saying, like, you know, can I see myself as a part of this company doing this job? And and going to Western in particular, I remember there was other schools that it was the same way where I walked down on the, in the tour group and the people who you walked past who were either students or just random strangers were polite and nice and made it you know nice to be there. I, that was when I was when I was touring back. I don't know if that's the uh, I'm not going to vouch for it being the same this many years later, but. You know that that did have an impact on like the positive you know quality of, of hey this here's Western Michigan University is this one of my options absolutely everybody was nice <laughs> yeah I mean I, and I think one of the things which I don't know how much I mean I I know that it is true and I have sort of witnessed it but when I heard it as a high schooler or a college student I don't know if I believed it or realized it's like where you go is is not as important as what you do while you're there I think I'm proof of that. <laughs> I don't know because like I didn't have any sort of strategy. I never, I've never gone on a campus visit. Like it never crossed my mind that I should visit these places. I think I was just in a very different financial situation, and so it wasn't like I could take off and. Like, yeah, go, yeah. Visiting as an undergraduate is is like you you have to pay and arrange for it yourself, and they or your parents do. Well, yes, right. your family, you whoever that is. You know, graduate school was, at least for physics, different in that they court you. You apply, they admit you, and then they'll fly you out to come. Oh, they do not do that in English. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit more money in physics. Uh, and so, like, it's like a day and a half, two days, maybe, like, come in and, like, show you around. I mean, it's grad school, so, like, the other the grad students, that you're a prospective grad student, they'll take you out. To, to you know, have some drinks mm -hmm. to a restaurant. You know. I mean, I have been the host for other grad students, but I have never been like the one visiting. <laughs> the one being courted. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I never again. It never crossed my mind to go visit these places. So if it comes, I, I get the the important thing that I felt was like, well, how did you feel on campus, and to trust your gut. You know, did you? But. You were fine. I was fine. I made it. It was fine. But the, there's, in addition to that, I think there's, there are different types of resources available at the big schools versus small schools. And some of that comes to do with the feel, I think. You do the campus tour on, say, Mizzou in Columbia, Missouri, or uh, UW-Madison, and they're going to show you all of these resources, all of this stuff that you can do. And if you like, if you just, you know, really need to have full fat premium ice cream straight from the dairy school then you know Madison might be the place that you mm. must go to yes uh, but there's also aspects of you know your experience if you go and you visit and you sit in on a classroom and you get a feel for how the professors interact you go to an intro physics course at UW Madison which I TA'd and therefore I sat in I sat in on the lectures uh, they're big they're like a hundred students like minimum you don't feel a lot of. Sorry, go ahead. That, that's not very big. Right, right. Like minimum. Like there's 400 person lectures 
But again, physics is not like the all the people. Like I know there are like six hundred person classes for things like psych and stuff at other schools. Those are mostly gen ed. So once you get into like your physics class, even the larger schools, they're not yeah. four hundred. Yeah, they get much narrower within yeah. the major. You know? Right. Um, but like you sit in on a class and you get get that feel for like how are these students who would be your peers interacting with this professor like. Is it super formal? Is, do they interact at all? <laughs> you know, or, yeah. or, is, or are they just sitting there while this person like writes on the board and talks at them, and they're just taking notes? Is there, because you know, at a small school, certainly, you can't help but know your students, and the students know the professor. Even if people keep a level of formality, uh, it's just small enough that, even though I don't think I've met every student on campus, I'm sure every student on campus knows who I am. Yeah, you know, I think that every every person I've spoken with who's either a non-traditional student or attending a, a community college or uh, for a couple semesters I did Pennsylvania State uh, University branch campus in one of the counties, and, the, you know, those individuals were saying exactly that, where, hey, I know my professor, I know my, you know, I know him by name, and, and you, you can't you know, you can't, in one sense, you can't weasel out of, like, assignments. That's true. Uh, oh, I got lost in the cracks. But you can also call up and say, hey, you know, Grandma's sick. Can I turn it in on Friday? Whatever. And they know who you are. And it's a class of 15 instead of a class of, you know, 150. Right. Even right. for the gen ed courses, it, you know. Yeah. So, if, I mean, if that sort of knowing and a little, I mean, comfortable I assume but you know maybe not maybe you're uncomfortable with everyone knowing who you are is important then smaller schools are probably where you should be focusing your time if you're like no I'm good with a big crowd I can have the skills to like work with very little sort of oversight or people you know but checking up on big, me sorry go ahead Drew. this is a big strategy in, in California I think it's probably the same in a couple of other states where uh, students will their start off plan one is to go to community college or the local, you know, mm-hmm. JC for two years and do general ed and then transfer to whether it's UC Davis or Sacramento State or, or you know, somewhere like that's their actual that's their plan A is to is to go to JC first and, and pay less money to get the same gen eds out of the way and move ahead, move up to the to the bigger state colleges. But that system allows them to transfer pretty fluidly, right? Yeah, they're very, right. very tightly connected because of the way California's set it up. But I think uh, there's other states. Pennsylvania is another one that does something similar. Yeah, I think Missouri has a has a system as well where if a, a course has a certain designation, it, it's supposed to transfer into the, the Missouri but, state. Yeah, I would just do your research because right. you don't always know what's right. going that's, to Right, it's worth checking whether they've done it before and what the process is. Especially if you're thinking, well, I'll go to like my local JUCO like here, and then I'm going to go to another larger school out of state. Once you start tra- crossing state lines, transfer becomes a little trickier. Right. Yeah, the, the high school counselors know this information, or they should anyway, and um, can direct students like hey what's your plan going to going to NYU all right sweet you better get into that um, calculus class and by the way you can't transfer Solano County Community College (laughs) or whoever right well uh, one thing that we were talking about before you joined us Drew not on recording but just chit-chatting about was that yeah we do have smaller classes here but our class schedule in terms of offerings 
is much smaller as well. Yeah, that's true. At, I mean, at a big school like Madison where I went, like the flexibility in your schedule to pick courses much more flexible because they just have many more professors teaching the courses and so uh, you can take different you can take courses at different times and they have a, a much wider offering of courses that they can offer uh, they you know uh, whereas here like you just have what I there's only me <laughs> I offer three courses a semester if you don't like those courses there's not much I'm going to be doing about that because I can I can teach three lab courses a semester and that's that's it that's where I'm at <laughs> Yeah, I was just, you know, we have, uh, I was thinking about our French teacher who's teaching two sections of elementary French. One is at 8 a.m. And though you have that one and the other one. Those are your two choices for, for like beginning French. And so I'm sure there were some students who were like, I really don't want to take an 8 a.m. class, but they really didn't have a choice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I certainly run in with, you know, my colleagues in the division talking about, you know, the, uh, the other uh, majors, I mean, like, do you have to teach your class at this time? Because it's killing my majors, you yeah. know, because they, they like, there's conflictions and there's, there's only so much we can do about it. And we don't really want to open that can again because doing so means like sitting down with biology, physics, and chemistry and math and being like, okay. I'm going to, I want to point out, I mean, that's not a, that's not an exclusive problem to a small campus that, you know, in a, even in a large university, depending on your program again. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. It, the music school offered that one required music course at 8 a.m. every yeah. year. Well, and so for majors too, like I had to take, you know, American Lit 1. It was required for mm -hmm. my, for, that was offered at one time. And they made sure not to overlap those required classes, but I wasn't too super keen on like an 8 a.m. class. Yeah. I, <laughs> but I had to do it because that was when it was offered. And if you didn't take it then, you had to wait a whole year because that's how it works, like in a, in a, like a mid-size. Yeah. And maybe that's the benefit of, of a university in a larger town is that you're able to, if you're needing to work while you go to school, you're able to say, hey, my, my quote, full-time job is student, but my backup paying for a school job is able to work around that schedule and I can do an 8 a required course and still work at something because the town is big enough to offer college, you know, college style jobs at other times. And I, I don't know if that's the case out in a smaller community with like seven jobs. I think it's harder for our students to have off campus jobs for sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, even, I mean, I, I think I worked, I mean, I did work off campus when I was working on um, my bachelor's degree. And that was in a town of like 30,000, and I was still able to do that. And there were plenty of jobs that they're like, you want to work at a call center? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what college students do. But yeah. So yeah, I think it's, it's really also thinking about in terms of who were my students that have come here to our small school, the one and the ones who chose it because it was small mm -hmm. is, you know they're coming often from small communities yeah and you know maybe maybe they want to go to bigger cities like Kansas City <laughs> uh, or Chicago or something like that later but they're not ready to just leave a small community and go into a big school yeah. it's just they're just not ready to do that yet um, and so a a small school that gives them a chance to sort of find their feet and become confident in who they are then allows them to then go to a next place after that, a bigger place. 
I think that's probably the most commonly cited reason for choosing a small school. Oh, I just I come from a small place or I felt more comfortable here or I felt like I wanted to know more people or be part of a community in a tighter way. I really think that, that the, like the money conversation is the conversation of size versus money is are in, independent. Um, yeah. You could two lists and, and they wouldn't necessarily be you know, in reverse as far as the size of the university versus the, the, the expense of it. So, you know, those two considerations, um, I, I don't know, might not knock each other. You can, you can have a small inexpensive school or, a, or, a, um, or, or expensive either, either way. Right. Yeah. That's true. You have like very elite schools that are small that are going to charge a lot and you have giant schools, but there are state schools that are going to be pretty affordable for in-state students. I just I think I confused my argument. I just mean to say like it's not as easy to say yes. oh well I want a cheap school so I'm going to go to a small school. Right. No, right. I think yeah, you're yeah. right. Like if I were making like a list, cost would be a separate column, you know what I mean? And then like if size were important to me, um and then location, those would all be different things and they the cost could be all over the place depending on those different those different schools. So I will say like location often Maybe not often. Sometimes it seems like, oh, like I, I don't want to go out in the middle of nowhere, or I don't want to be in a big city. My, so I went to college, literally in Cleveland, uh, or the metro areas. So technically, we're surrounded on three sides by I think other different different communities. Uh, but we didn't actually leave campus that much. Right. Like we went went to class, and we hung out and watched the parking lot because we we're just that. Because you're a physics major. It was with, in my dorm. So it was like most of our friends were computer science. My wife's English, you know. But, you know, it wasn't physics. It was just who we were. Okay. <clears throat> um, you know, we went out to Taco Bell sometimes or walked to Little Ooh. Italy sometimes. Yeah. You know, but we spent most of our time on campus. Uh, and so it, it wasn't like being in Cleveland was somehow a thing which was vitally important to what we were doing right you know we went sometimes but just not all the times if you're like i need to partay every weekend a you're probably doing it wrong in college b yes you might need a bigger city well i think uh, at least from my experience the students who come from big metropolitan areas often they're just so used to being surrounded by all of those things they don't always transition to a middle of nowhere school with ease um, but if you're not used to being in the middle of a downtown metropolitan area, you'd probably be just fine anywhere. Yeah. I mean, if you're coming from like a suburban life where like you have to, like you have some amenities, yes, it's, you're not in the middle of nowhere, but it's not like you have an Ikea right next to you or you have like a giant, you know, uh, I don't know, King of Prussia, that's the uh, big thing in Pennsylvania, which is like big outlet mall sort of thing. If you're not like right in the mix of it, it's probably not going to be that big of a difference. You might feel like you have a little bit of withdrawal, but everyone's on the internet so much now that it's like, order on Amazon, go stream some videos, like, and you will not right. notice well, as I, much anyway. I, I think, think that what you mentioned too about like you're doing it wrong. I mean, right? I don't remember leaving campus. I would go to Wendy's from time to time. Okay. Um, but spicy chicken? No, oh. Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Yes. 
Anyway. Whatever. Frosties. Um, True. But we didn't leave a whole lot because we had the dining hall. You know, we had our, our friend group or whatever. Um, now, when you live off campus... That's, I mean, that's a different so story. It is different, but I'm going to tell you, I spent 95% of my time at campus or in my apartment because I had things to do, yeah. like read. <laughs> Study. Yeah. Homework. I'm nodding. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think the biggest difference is just the feel of the size of the campus. And, you know, we don't have as many majors because we just don't have as many faculty. That's okay. You know, like... Our enrollment management, you know, tries to make sure that if what you want to do is major in marine biology, we're not going to recruit you hard, right? Because you can't do that here. Hmm. But if you're doing something that we can do, and if you want something that feels smaller and more sort of intimate, then a small school is a good choice, regardless of where it is. Let me ask this: Would you say um, we've been naming some? former schools, Case Western Reserves. That seemed like a small school to me, uh, right? I, would, I mean, I, I think I would call it a middle-sized school because I think there was something like 10,000 total students, undergraduate and graduate there. That, that maybe was a, a okay, medium size. I like it. And in a, in a big city, but it, it sounded like it could have been not necessarily because you didn't necessarily leave campus. Right. And it, you could say that that was expensive because the tuition price tag was pretty high, but also the students who got in there were handed, uh, not handed, but had earned a, a pretty hefty um, scholarship. scholarship. So, and, and that's things that high school counselors help with as well, is where to find those type of scholarships to make, quote, expensive schools less expensive. I would say that my experience on at Case was pretty intimate. You know, I met my wife there. We have friends that we're still in contact with. Like, we spent a lot of time in the dorm because we liked hanging out with each other. Uh, and so we, we built a small community, uh, whether we meant to or not. <laughs> but I, I don't think that's exclusive to a, to a, a smaller or middle-sized school. I think that, that that could happen depending on who you get thrown in the mix with in a dorm in a, in a large school or the, the, the connection of your program. So in, a, in the music school, you know, we all knew each other and, and hung out all the time as well for different reasons. So I, I think that mm-hmm. you can have that experience in any size. I think, I think that's true. It, for, for me, thinking about it, it, it may also have to do not just in the, my social group, but in my academic experience with the size or sort of the feel of the department. Mm-hmm. The physics department there is not particularly small. Um, it, you know, is like way more than four people. <laughs> you know, four, four people in my mind is like a small liberal arts that has a physics major. You can do it with four people and, and not be like, going crazy. <clears throat> they had significantly more than that, way less than, say, UW-Madison. But the faculty were really very much engaged with their students. Uh, so I didn't, I knew one faculty member as, as a researcher because I did research with him. But every other faculty member I knew, I knew as one of my instructors. And so that doesn't have to be a a relationship where you like get to know them or they can sort of engage with you and certainly I've had at least one faculty member there who's just like really didn't like us uh, not my fault but you know for the most part they were very like I mean not concerned as in like they needed to be concerned but they wanted us to succeed they were invested in our success you know they were engaged with us as individuals 
and you know that feeling was very uh, sort of kind of cozy. You know, these the faculty there were uh, definitely wanted us to succeed as students, and that was apparent in my experience in those classes, uh, and that I think was very good. Like it could have felt like a big impersonal school if my professors had been impersonal to me as a student in my, especially in my major classes. Yeah, I think if I went back to school, that's something I would look for in at the at the university department or the school I was in. Is that type of uh, feeling, um, it, you know, and relationship building in the in the team. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I'm not sure that's a question that I would. I mean, I until I just said that, I'm not sure that I would have thought about it. But I think it's a very good question to ask both the faculty in the area that you want to do, and also the students in that area, because they're probably going to give you an even better sort of read on it, because no one's going to say, yes, I hate my students, and I want nothing to do with them. I just teach this class because they pay me to do so. <laughs> I mean, Unless some days I feel like that, but I would never say it. <laughs> but going back to something that Drew said in terms of, well, the experiences across the size of campus might be very similar because it might be that you do sort of have your own friend group or whatever. So in terms of like the experience of different campus sizes, I mean, obviously class experiences might be different, but social experiences, sure, you might be bonding over the fact there's nothing to do in town. But, <laughs> but I don't know, it doesn't seem like the our experiences in terms of making friends, living in the dorms, doing things are all that different, even though we went to very different schools. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's going to be more, um, there's going to be more impact on how that happens or manifests for you based on your own personality and how you talk with people right. versus the size of your school or, you know, so if, if you're used to being straight with people, uh, if I've got a problem with my roommate, I tell my roommate, then I think you're going to be able to build relationships around you that are you know that style versus if you're uh, I don't know I don't know I'm gonna call somebody out if you're an only child and have never like had to deal with roommates it, it, that is gonna be a shock no matter how big your university is that's true yeah right true. and I think that like even at small places where you feel like there might be nothing to do and there's far fewer people to do things with it is what you make it I, I'm I said we sit, sat and watched the parking lot. It yeah. was in the middle of Cleveland, Ohio. Apparently, <laughs> there's, there's things we could have done, we if we had wished. But we're also broke. Is the other thing. Yeah. And we didn't have a car. Right. So it doesn't like it doesn't You're matter right. that I'm in the middle of Cleveland if I had no money, no way to get anywhere. Then like it. That's true. Just, That's good. Like, it's I, over. Like I could have been anywhere, and it wouldn't have mattered. I probably still could only afford a ninety-nine cent junior bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's typical, too, because a lot of even the giant schools will restrict the, the first students to not having the parking pass or a car on campus. Yeah, parking in, on, on UW-Madison's campus is insane. Yeah. Don't, don't bother. <laughs> Just walk. Just walk in. Yeah. Three miles, it's fine. They have a bus. <laughs> they have multiple buses. They have a bus, yeah. Yeah. Does the bus also run through campus? There's the 80 route, which yeah. is a city bus that just loops through campus, campus through campus exactly. over and over and over again. And then, of course, there's other city buses that will take you into So campus. if you don't like walking and you don't like buses, maybe think about that. In a, terms small, of a small school, <laughs> yes. If you're like, I can't walk, neither do I want to ride my bike, you should probably be looking at a small school. Yeah, that's a, a campus visit. Western Michigan has hills. Oh, oh man. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm like, I have to walk uphill to go to school. Is it snowy there, too? I actually had to walk uphill both ways. That's a different That's a different episode. Yeah, it was it covered in ice <clears throat> and snow? It was, actually, yeah. Oh, my gosh. See, I don't know that you could tell I, me. I that. walked up, well, in, when I first went to grad school, before we moved on a road, the bus in, I, and I walked in, I walked up Bascombe Hill, which is a giant hill on UW's oh, no. campus, to go get, to get in. Yeah, I want to be alive when I get to class. I mean, it's bracing. It's bracing. <gasps> so anyway, I guess that's a, the good part of a campus visit. So, yeah. I don't know. Wrap us up. Sounds like it depends on what you want out of it. Yeah. Which is generally our answer to all things. <laughs> <laughs> depends. Um, but if you need, I mean, if there's things you absolutely must need, you may be looking at a specialized school. You may need to have a bigger school simply to have the resources or specialized resources. We do not, we're not going to have animal husbandry or dairy as a major here. We Despite could. the fact that we're in the Midwest. You can do those, both those majors in a big school, ag school like UW. Yeah. Um, but go and check it out. Go and see what it looks like there if, if you can. You know, finances allowing. Yeah. Because. It's okay if you can. The, uh, that, that experience is extremely valuable. Um, oh. God. And that's, uh, Not now. On that note, I guess we have to end, don't we? Yes. <laughs> so we'll uh, see everybody next time. If everything goes to plan, next time we'll be talking with my thesis advisor, and he will tell us what it's like to be an R1 professor. Sweet. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.